it is time for the weekend edition yep it's that time and we've got a lot to talk about actually um it is weekend edition 55 in case you're wondering um and we've got some security stories uh, which i'm sure connor will shred for us um We've got a couple of Elon-related bits of nonsense. We've got uh, Bankman Freed is finally at the beginning of his first trial. (laughs) Uh, And some AI stuff, as usual. And we're going to back on Apple a bit. And Google. And, you know, pretty much everybody. So it's going to be a good day. Good morning. Um... So yeah. Awkward pause. Why don't, why don't we start right away with what this title is, shall we? Yep. Okay. So before we even get into this article, <laughs> I, I, I've I've seen I've seen what this article has. Okay, and. Um, the fact that we had to have an article about this. The other thing in this article is one of the things that it says is they don't reset passwords. Okay. Microsoft advocates that you don't change your password. So <laughs> we have it, it's let's just get into it. I don't even know how to just sum this up. There's just so much crap. Just let's just get into it. Mm-hmm. Scroll, please. Just, just a minute. Oh, he was expecting me to rant, y'all. He oh, was he... unprepared. No, oh no, I'm not unprepared. Since when am I get? Since when do I do anything unprepared, Connor? Come on. But you couldn't scroll, so. I was doing something else. Mm. Anyway, unprepared. No. Scroll. Anyway, so their yeah, their first thing uh, is neglecting to change the default configuration on new software or hardware. As Connor said recently, Microsoft has been like, "Don't change your passwords, guys." Uh. Yeah, literally, don't change your passwords. They advocate, this is their thought project, process. If you make users change their passwords on a, on a set cadence, they will inevitably, because they don't like passwords, set crap passwords, or, or they'll figure out how many passwords back you go, and then they'll just keep those same passwords to just rotate them. And their thought process is that your passwords become predictable and you get word or not as good quality of password as if you were to just say, okay, you can set a password with high quality, but then you never have to change it. Well, that's, that's not, Microsoft's thought process. And that's not exactly what they're talking about here. Right. I got that. I'm just telling you that they want you to change your password and, and I advocate that you change your password. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really 
It's really simple, okay? If you hate passwords, get a password manager. Bitwarden, to be exact. Get a FOSS password manager. Okay? It's really that simple. Get a FOSS password manager and then handle it. But change your passwords on a set cadence. Mm -hmm. Every 90 so some odd days, change your passwords. Especially to main important connecting accounts like Microsoft, Google, Apple, anything that's like a that's like a hub for other things. Change that's a those giant target. especially, okay? Right. Change those especially. But <laughs> don't just set it and never change it again. That's <sighs> please yeah. continue. Anyway, second Failing to limit system privileges for common users. Yeah. Listen, I mean, really? Your Corporate average America? user. <laughs> your average user, for lack of a better term, is stupid. Okay? Stupid. I get support calls. This is a true story, okay? I get a tech support call from a user. They, we, we had just sent them a laptop. They, they, the laptop should work. It was, I, I, I imaged it, sent it off, should have been working. They got it. They said, laptop won't turn on. I go, what do you mean it won't turn on? It won't turn on. Okay, well, is it, is it plugged in? I don't know. Let me get a flashlight. Why do you need a flashlight? The power's out. Uh. <laughs> Well, maybe, just maybe, the battery is dead. Here's your sign. And your power's out. Okay? That's your average user. I deal with that type of tech support call on the regular. So, the f giving them system privileges, like admin rights? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Listen, I have I had one user. They don't work with us anymore. But I had one user who was such a, a risk that not only did they not have admin rights, I didn't let them install in, in like extensions on Chrome because somehow they would manage to install virus extensions into their Chrome browser. Okay. <laughs> so oh. no, no, you would have an absolute knuckle-dragging idiot to let end users, especially in mass, have admin rights. So the fact that the NSA is saying that this is number two on their top ten list of IT security goofs that they've found in corporate America, what does that say about the quality of IT people? I don't want to think about it. Oh, it hurts. It says, I don't know. To me, to me, it says job security. Somebody mm. was thinking job security. You know, if there's always a problem, then they'll always need me. We'll give everybody admin rights. That's what that sounds like. You can't even. <laughs> anyway, then uh, insufficient internal network marketing or monitoring, not marketing, Lord. Let's see. The, 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 exam, the 
analogy that I have in the, in the blog for this is say you have an area where you, you know, it's a restricted area, physically restricted, right? But you don't choose to set up any surveillance cameras. How secure is that well, area going to stay? Hang on. Pause, pause. I say insufficient. So I think we need to modify this analogy. Mm. You have a secure area. You put guards only at the front door. You put no cameras, guards at the back door, the windows, or inside. You never check the back door. That's that's the analogy. Well, I have guards at this front door. Oh, that, that looks good. Uh, I'm going to go around back. Oh, okay. Go around back. Back door is not even locked. There isn't even Open a back it door. Up. Yeah. It's a screen door. <laughs> it's just it's just the opening. You go into the back and everything in this building is gutted. And you go, when's the last time you were in the building? Oh, I don't know. A couple months ago. You, you've been hearing any racket by chance? Yeah. Why? I was well, wondering. You should probably open. Probably open your door. Where's all my stuff? I mean... Yeah. That's not having enough internal network marketing. Mar monitoring. My brain... Although, truth be told, this next one is is more my, uh, my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll get there in a second. Um... If and, you're going to you know, have a network, if you're going to have a network, okay, you should watch everything on that network. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a flat network, a multi-layered network, a decentralized network, whatever your network is, you should watch everything that goes, that ingresses or, or egresses. Everything should be tracked and monitored and watched on your mm -hmm. network. Like, that's not even basic one-on-one stuff. That's common sense level. This next one is basic next. 101. Network segmentation. If you guys don't know what that is, let's let's break it down for a second. We're talking mostly we're talking about logical segmentation here, but it could be literal separate physical networks. Most of the time it's VLANs though. So basically what that does is it makes it so that say someone gets in that back door, they have extra layers to get through in order to get to whatever they're trying to get to. Think of it like a fence. So you have your house, right? Then you put a fence around your house and then you lock the doors inside the house. Okay, so first they gotta get through your fence, then they gotta get through your door, then they're in your house, but they can't really go anywhere because all the doors are locked, so they'll need another lock picking or key or what have you to get into another room. Those are all the segmentations. Mm-hmm. And that could be because you're attached to a, a different router or switch because each one of those will function as a segment. Or it could be everybody's connected to the same thing, but you have different departments in different virtual lands, which is just a, it's a logical way to organize things. 
And if your IT people aren't smart enough to do this well, you need some new IT people. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then there's my preferred way, which is no network. You just no network. Everything's decentralized. Everything operates as its own individual. And then, uh, if you have to talk to each other, it's done on PANs or personal area networks. So that's a whole nother can of worms. I'm not going to get into that. Mm -mm. But essentially, it's network segmentation at another level. <laughs> on massive steroids. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, um, because unfortunately, even if you do what, what, what Matt just said here, and you do you do vlans and all this other stuff yeah it's very difficult but it's still possible so my thought process when i set up our setup is um i don't want a network if a computer gets hacked i don't want them to be connected to any of my other computers at all so the only way you can achieve that is to not have a network that's why if you're if your neighbor gets hacked right you're not even sharing their wi-fi that they're you're not worried about their virus computer virus popping onto your computer separate networks they're not you, one network and you know you particularly wouldn't be concerned about that if you were running linux but you know that's beside the, beside the point right exactly <laughs> but it's that thought process but on a corporate level so that like it's still Poor technically internet connected, but they're entirely separate. Right. Exactly. Um, Poor patch management. <laughs> okay, this one actually, actually, I cut them a little slack. Uh, depending on their net on their setup, sometimes that's just a Microsoft problem. Sometimes Microsoft was like, "Oh yeah, we have all these patches," and you're like, "Okay, well, do you have patches for this model?" Uh, computer no. no and then you go talk to the computer manufacturer and they're like oh yeah we have those patches we gave them to microsoft like th three months ago here what? just take them from us <laughs> so cut the it team a little slack on patch management unfortunately it comes to the point of basically you have to you have to talk to your oems and you have to talk to microsoft and if you're using a third-party software that's not Microsoft, like integrated, i.e. Slack or Bitward even or anything like that, if it gets an update, then you have to go get your updates from there as well. Um, and it does get a bit challenging. Truth be told, though, there's a lot of patch management software that do all of that for you. Um, but sometimes companies just don't use it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. so. uh, bypass of system access controls. <laughs> This ties into oh, number two. Wow. Yeah, this, this does tie into number two. This is basically, oh, this pesky security keeps asking for admin rights on all of our stuff. Oof, you know what? Let's just disable it as a whole. I don't even want it to alert me and ask me to press continue. Let's get rid of the UAC, okay? Yeah, let's just, let's just, we don't need that. Um, it, in case you guys... Because aren't familiar UAC it's a Windows thing universal access control or user access control yeah 
Yeah, we don't need that. We're gonna go back to Windows XP because that was so secure. So, um, well, it was less connected. That. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it di it doesn't have all the, well, actually, all this extra telemetry garbage baked in. This is true. This is true. I I, I kind of miss XP that way. I don't miss all the driver I'm issues. Be honest with you. Yeah, I don't miss the driver issues at all. I have to say, though, XP is pretty good. Um, the other cool thing about XP is I had an XP laptop growing up. And um, I remember I was, like, shocked. A whole gig of RAM? What am I going to do with all of that? Oh. I mean... You only mm -hmm. needed like 256 megs, and you were really cooking with that. I mean, oh, yeah. Apple. Shoot, so. yeah, man. Man, I... Uh-huh. I remember when it was a big deal to have 128 megs. Ooh. I know, I'm dating myself. But anyway, yeah. yeah. It just... Back, back to what we were saying. Weak or mis, yeah, weak or misconfigured, authenticate multi-factor authentication methods. Literally, literally, this is this is intentional non-compliance type stuff. The default settings from Microsoft for multi-factor are like NIST certified, so you would have to actively change the defaults to be less secure for this to be a problem. <laughs> I mean, in the in the blog I was talking about how just just relying on email or just relying on SMS not a good idea because you could get man in the middle with either of those. Using something like Authy yeah, generally or speaking yeah, I was going to say, generally speaking, I, I recommend people use Authy. Or, or if you really want to be extra secure, do a three, three plus. So you need, you know, uh, a password, a code sent to your phone, and a randomly generated one off of Authy or something like that. Um, or if you're able to do it, not everyone's technically able to do it, and they haven't simplified it enough yet, go passwordless. Just mm -hmm. have a have a device that randomly generates stuff and, and just plug it into your stuff and say, okay, and you're good to go. There's no more password. You don't need to know a password. You just need this little device, like a, like a key kind of thing. But they haven't simplified it 100% yet, so it's not really ready for majority of people. But it, we're getting there. We're getting there. Insufficient access control lists on network shares and services. This ties in with number four. Yeah. Um, basically, you just leave all of your network resources open to anybody on your network. What? Even I know better yeah, than that. Yeah, it's like... I have this network share drive from the marketing department, and we have all this confidential stuff, and we're going to let the temps in the uh, you know janitorial section that need internet access they can they can have access to it what <laughs> huh no huh? no that's not how that's supposed to work 
You put those people on like a guest network. They have no access to printing <laughs> or net or file sharing. Nothing, nothing like that. Just basic internet access. <laughs> yep. Mm. I mean, yeah. And then pork dental hygiene. That's that's coming back to passwords. Yep. I like the way they worded that though. That way they're able to accommodate Microsoft and their don't ever change your password mentality, but also accommodate the change your password every 90 days, you know, mindset. I guess they're more school of thoughts. So, yeah, you're able to accommodate everyone with that. That's good wording. But essentially it comes back to uh, change your damn passwords. Mm-hmm. It comes down to. Unrestricted code execution. This goes back to number two. Two. Um, because number two and <laughs> number six. And six. Yeah. This is that. This is that. Eight. eight you know. UCA. This is yeah. UAC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. UAC. There it is. Yeah. This, this goes back to that. This is uh. Let everything run all the things. You it's it comes easier back again to malicious non-compliance kind of stuff you would have to be again a knuckle-dragging idiot to say oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna and just allow everything to execute it's literally a setting we're gonna on group policy you can and you we're can, gonna not only that but we're gonna trust everybody on our network <laughs> implicitly to not only literally. know what the hell they're doing but to actually care about the company enough and the company's yeah. data enough to not intentionally mm-hmm. or unintentionally bring in, say, well, ransomware. They don't even have to. If you don't, if you don't have a group policy, they don't even have to. If you don't have a group policy that blocks it, all they have to do is be be uh, be an idiot and go plug in this mysterious USB they found, and poof, that's it. Game over. Uh-huh. Bad ducky. Or they got this email. Yeah. They got this email from uh, their their Zimbabwean ancestor who wants to give them a bunch of money. And um, it has this cool file attachment that looks like a video. But, okay. you know. I mean, the, the, no. All they, don't do that's it. That's all they need. And this is a great segue into the next story. Quackbot. Quack. Quack. So, yeah. It may or may not actually be Quackbot. Um, a group within Cisco thinks it is. Um, but th- there are other researchers who are like, this is not Quackbot. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, back in August, the FBI may have dealt a blow to the ransomware scourge with August's takedown of Quackbot, a notorious botnet. But it looks like the hackers behind the botnet are still a threat. Okay. Yeah, because they didn't actually find the hackers. They just found their CNC servers and shut them down. 
So they did half the job. Yeah, I was just thinking. Well, you know, even if you take the CNC servers down, it's not like they can't spin up another one. Exactly. And then, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that their cybersecurity division wasn't so busy, you know, prosecuting J6 and Trump that they actually had time to do this. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I don't need people showing up at my door, so I'm going to I'm going to refuse to comment on that. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... Cisco's Talos group has been tracking this since early August, which was actually before the FBI shut down those CNC, the the servers we were talking about. Um, And they connected the metadata and the LNK files in the new campaign to the machines used in the in the previous campaigns. So it looks like this is another one of those ransomware as a service sort of situations. Um, and the hackers that were running Quackbot were just paying for the service. So maybe they don't care to start up another one, but whoever's actually behind the infrastructure probably has. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> the fact can, can we just stop for a second and pause and realize this is 2023 and now we have ransomware as a service. I mean, <laughs> yep. My word. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, just. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Can't wait till we have uh, some form of AI malware that actively changes its exploits and uh, it's just a super bug. I'm, I'm, and I can't wait down. till that's a service. It it won't take long. Oh, I'm positive. If it's it's, it's probably already in development by a state actor in some country. Would Maybe, not uh, Azerbaijan me. or something. Yeah, uh huh. It, it's yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent positive that some state actor group in some country is probably already working on a AI powered virus or malware that can actively change its exploits and stuff to stay hidden and and all. I'm I'm just I'm waiting for it. We're gonna make our own super virus. And then it's going to just wreak havoc. I I, I can I can already see it coming. It's it's just like when antibiotics first became a thing. And they got like penicillin got used to death. Then these bugs developed resistance (laughs) to it. That's exactly what we're talking about. Um, so the current one is using Cyclops or Cyclops Ransom Knight, uh, along with a backdoor called Remcos. Um, 
The Cisco people don't think that the Quackbot people are actually behind the ransomware as a service, but are actually just customers, like I was saying. Um, which, you know, it's hilarious to me because with, you know, malware as a service, wait, that's, that's Microsoft products, but I, I digress. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, there's a lot of truth in that. Literally, when's the last time somebody was like, oh, the new Windows is out. Let, let me go out and, and buy buy a new copy of that. They don't even do that anymore. It's, we have your computer hostage. We're going to force you to upgrade. If you want security patches, you'll pay us. Or else. It's like, the hell? What it, just happened? It, it's the e-godfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. Literally. Um, and now they got Copilot in there. I can't wait for the sneaky crap they're gonna do with Copilot. We're gonna get to that here. Oh in a yeah, second. we will. But Oh yeah, we will. But I, I can't <laughs> We're gonna table this, but we're gonna pick it right back up real soon. Okay, come on. <laughs> let's get through this one. Anyway, so <laughs> So some other people are like, no, this is not Quackbot. Um, they're like, other data that, that, that Talos presents doesn't seem to be associated with this infrastructure. So this doesn't make sense. So what, what the new stuff is, we don't know. But it is. So be careful, guys. And this is all done through phishing attacks. Yup. So if you get a mysterious email in your account, ask your IT person. Actually, truth be told, it doesn't it doesn't even have to be mysterious, okay? My general rule of thumb is don't click on shit. Nothing. Not a damn thing, okay? Nothing. I don't care if it came from Cindy who 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 works in the cube next to you. Don't click on shit. You verify the email address, first and foremost. Not the name it prints, the email address. I can't tell you how many phishing attempt emails I get on a daily basis claiming to be from the Microsoft Admin Center. And then you go to look at the actual email and it'll be like, you know, Jim Bob Thornton from Zimbabwe.net, okay? No. 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 Or, you know, even Don't better, click. If, if you have direct access to the person that sent you the email, ask them, hey, did you send me this? Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, even if it looks like it came from their Don't. address, they probably got hacked. <laughs> Don't click. Shove that sucker in the spam. Um, this is just my general... Verify the email address first. That's your first line of defense. The second thing you want to verify is that you were expecting this email. Okay? So, if you're expecting an email from Billy in the cube next to you, and you get an email from Jill in the cube, you know, across from you, and you go, huh, wasn't expecting Jill's stuff. The email checks out, but I wasn't expecting it. 
Let's go talk to Jill. Hey, Jill, did you, did you send me this email? No. Very Don't good. Open Thank it. you. Don't click on shit. Go get your IT guys and say, hey, Jill didn't send me this, but it came from Jill. Because more than likely, Jill's clicked on some shit, and now she's got something. Mm-hmm. So and it's trying to work its way don't. through the system. Uh-huh. This all comes back to that network thing. Don't uh-huh. click on shit. Okay? Just don't. If you want extra safety, don't use Windows. Because most of these things that can get you from the clicking are going to look for Windows. Mm-hmm. So if you're not using Windows, it's most of the time not a problem but even if you're on linux still don't click on shit mm-hmm. just don't it it comes down to digital hygiene yeah like you take a shower on a regular basis think about this Hopefully. the same way think about this the same way so you wouldn't go roll around in the mud and then go directly to work. So why would you open garbage without verifying that, you know, A, it's actually from who it says it is, and B, they actually <laughs> sent it. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> And moving on to our favorite Vundekind, good old Elon. I have to admit, I'm tired of talking about this dude. But this was hilarious. I couldn't, I, I couldn't look it over, oh, couldn't overlook this. Um, no, he's not suing himself. As funny as that would be. Um, there's another social media company called X Social Media that's suing Elon and formerly Twitter um, <laughs> for using their name. Good. <laughs> I thought that uh, I'm, this, this is going to piss some people off, but I don't. I thought the name X was the most retarded fucking business decision I have ever heard of. Ever. Mm-hmm. You have a multi-million dollar company with a history and investors and all of this stuff, okay, all surrounding the name Twitter. Twitter is the brand. And you go, hmm, how can we fuck that up? I know. We'll call it Let's X. Let's change the next. Yeah, we'll change the name to something, you know, that's catchy. X. The fuck? Why? Why? I knew he was going to do some stupid shit when he decided to randomly to change the uh, the logo to the Doge dog. I don't know if you were on Twitter when that happened, but randomly he just changed the icon to the Doge dog. And I was like, type of just type of retarded shit is this? What? And and you'd click. You click something and the Doge icon would spin and spew Doge coins everywhere. This is the stupidest shit. He did that for like a week straight. 
And then somebody was like, Elon, you cannot drink alcohol and then get behind the control center again. You've messed this up. And they put it back to the Twitter stuff. And I was like, okay, good, good. He goes, hmm, that's a good idea. I got it. X. The hell? Well, you know, there's a, there's a, a long history there. He always wanted yeah, a platform a called X. So here yeah, we go. Well, that's too bad. Okay, some people shouldn't have naming rights. He's one of them. His poor child, that's name looks like a virus. I mm-hmm. can't even. Um, I can't even. So this other company, this other social media company, uh, connects law firms and clients, and it's based in Florida. Um, now seeking a permanent injunction on the use of the name X. <laughs> so they were founded in 2015. Out. Founded in 2015. Registered the trademark as X Social Media and has invested $2 million in brand awareness and $400 million in advertising. Why That's are those interesting because I've numbers? never heard of them. Why not just say we've put more than $400 million into people being aware that we exist? I don't know. I'm sure it's a technicality. Yeah. They're like, um, our customers are confused now and we've lost business because of this name change. Yeah, apparently uh-huh. must just ignored the letter. That sounds about right. <laughs> He's huh. like, I'm about as rich as God, so I don't give a crap. Yeah, pretty much. That's, I think that's probably his thought process behind it. He gets it and he goes, hmm, never heard of y'all. <laughs> Good luck. Have fun. And continues on. Yeah. I'm positive that's what happened. And... And then we've got uh, somehow I didn't realize that there was competition in this space. Oh um, yeah, no, there's a lot of competition. Hell, they want they, everybody and their brother for part of big government wants to know your thoughts, mm, wants you enough. to be able to control things from your mind. That's been an ongoing thing. So I, I knew there was competitors. I don't know them by name, but I knew there was competitors. Um, doesn't surprise me at all. Hell, Apple has a uh, patent, for those of y'all who aren't aware, Apple has a patent to use AirPods to read your brainwaves. So, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's not out yet, but it's a so, thing. They got a patent for it. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, Precision Neuroscience, we've got Synchron, Paradromics, and BlackRock Neurotech. Oof, I wonder which one is... Uh... Owned by BlackRock. Uh, Trick question. It's all of them. All of them, exactly. Um, so, Precision was founded by a Neuralink alum. Hmm. Who actually helped found Neuralink as well. Um, Sounds about right. As far as the as far as the tech, from what I understand, this one seems slightly better. Because it's less invasive in your brain. It literally just sits on the surface. Hmm. 
where Neuralink, they'll actually, they put electrodes down into your brain. Nice. Yeah. Tell me that sounds like a great idea. Like, I can't wait for you to go through a mouth. All you have to do is take a shower and have that not, that seal not be quite right. Zap. <laughs> Zap. <laughs> Instant lobotomy. <clears throat> um, like, I can't help but think about Star Trek parallels here. I, yes, I'm a nerd, I know. But y- there were only two races that I can think of in all of sci-fi where there was like a direct brain link with computers. You had the binars, which I don't know if you, I don't know how familiar you guys are with next generation. They were fairly short and they came in pairs because, you know, binary, binar, get it? Um, so one was one, the other zero. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But they had away with computers because they had that sort of link amongst themselves and then they just kind of applied that to whatever computer they were using. Then you have the Borg. Um, which I think is the direction that they're trying to take us. Mm. Yeah. Binars could choose whether they were going to be connected or not. I mean, not with not not amongst themselves, but with interfacing with other computers. <clears throat> and if one if one half of a pair of binars died, the other died. There was that much link between them, because um, you can't have a one without a zero. Sounds about right. Um, about so, like a good marriage. Go on. Mm-hmm. Well, more like symbiosis, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I know my grandparents, my, my grandpa died and not even a week later, my grandma died and it was because of broken heart syndrome. That's literally what was on the damn death certificate. Mm. So kind of the same thing. Yeah. The, um, that happened with one of my sets of great grandparents. Um, they died within a couple years of each other. I don't know. Mine literally was a week. And then you had my grandma who outlived my grandpa by 20 years. Hmm. But that was a that was a really crappy marriage. Um, <laughs> comes back to my point. A good marriage. So, go exactly. on. Um... Anyway, and then, you know, then there's the Borg. And if you guys know Star Trek, you probably know the Borg. You know, resistance is huge. Um, basically, the idea with the Borg is they technologically linked all of their nodes, their biological nodes, in such a way that they literally did not have any thoughts that belong to each individual. Mm. It was just the collective. Mm. Um, and they they dealt with 
a couple of different Borg that they sort of rescued. There was one in Voyager, Saturn 9. Talk about a cat suit. Um, <laughs> then there was Hugh in Next Generation. Both of them had been completely integrated into the collective, but with Hugh, the, the TNG team, the Enterprise team, figured out a way to sever that subspace connection and work him, sort of wean him back off of, because that's a, that's a ton of data being thrown at your brain at once. And he, through the, through the episode, wound up developing a sense of self. Started, you know, referring to himself as I, as me, instead of as we or us. That was huge. Um, but I think that, you know, they, and I think we know who they are, but we're not going to be too specific, um, are trying to move us in that direction of becoming the collective. Um, which, you know, if they're really just wanting a bunch of good little worker drones, that makes perfect sense. They've already got that. Well, even more so. Because this would not only link the drones together, but link them more directly with the electronic stuff that we use every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, on one hand, if, if there was a way to do this without linking it to some external AI... And the code base for whatever applications to actually, you know, receive the information from the implants were open sourced. I might be more okay with it because like the segment that they're really focusing on is people who are paralyzed. So they're trying to give them a better quality of life, which is noble. But uh, that was a lot of caveats, wasn't it? I, I don't see this, these things being open sourced anytime soon. <clears throat> so privacy is a Probably giant never. issue. Privacy is a giant issue, which is why I would never. I don't think I would ever encourage anybody to become one of their guinea pigs. Because, by the way, the reason why they, uh, why CNBC wrote this article is because they just, they're number one buying a factory in Dallas where they're going to build these things. But they've also started testing on human patients, just like Neuralink. Thanks, FDA. Hmm. You've always got our back. No, wait, wait a minute. No, 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 they don't. Every time you hear the, uh, if you've been injured, blah, 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 blah. It's one of the times the FDA fucked up. Yep. Pretty much. You might be entitled to compensation. That means the FDA fucked up. Yep. Pretty much. 
Go on. And moving on, we've got uh, Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, well, his trial started on Tuesday. <laughs> Apparently, he thought about trying to pay Trump $5 billion to not run in 2024. Oh. And by the way, later on, we'll find out that he has, he has links... Like, he was actually business partners with Anthony Scaramucci, who was at least a erstwhile part of the Trump administration. I'm not saying that Trump is connected with FT FTX at all, but yikes. Anyway. Um, yeah. And then there are two reasons why he didn't actually follow through on this. He did actually manage to float it to somebody within the within the Trump organization, allegedly. Of course, the Trump or the Trump campaign is like, no, we had nothing to do with this guy. Um, <laughs> he's lying again. <laughs> Wait, he opens his mouth and he lies. Oh. Um. So yeah. There was the legal issue, because he wasn't sure if it was legal to try to pay somebody to not run for office. And then, you know, FTX fell apart. So that kind of put a cramp in his, uh, his cash flow, which was probably illicit. But, you know, I don't know if I can cover this trial impartially, because I've kind you of already... 100% can't? Yeah, 100 I'm pretty much there. Can't. I'm gonna try, but I don't think I can do no. it. No, don't do it. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I wouldn't have covered this topic at all. I don't care about Sam Bankman Freed, but I know you do, so we cover it. Well, thanks. Um, but yeah, he the the charges, if they all stick, will land him about a hundred years in prison. Which at that point, just kill him. Give him yeah. 20 years for possible mistrial and then kill him. So here's the full list of charges. Conspiracy to commit wire fraud on customers of FTX. Wire fraud on customers of FTX. Conspiracy to commit wire fraud on lenders of Alameda Research. Wire fraud on lenders to Alameda Research. Conspiracy to commit fraud on customers of FTX in connection with purchase and sale of derivatives. Conspiracy to commit securities fraud on investors in FTX. Con and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Conspiracy? No, he did it. Um, <laughs> like, I, I can't. This is just dumb at this point. Um, you don't say. <laughs> There's a reason I don't I don't particularly care about this article. You want commentary? It's mostly going to be negative. We we all know he did it. FTX is is defunct at this point because of his mismanagement. It was a giant slush fund under the uh, the guise of being a crypto exchange. It's 
black and white is just waiting at this point and to see how much of a slap on the wrist he's going to get because he's part of the end group you know because mm-hmm. he's you on know, the in crowd so i don't um, expect him his, to get that big of a hit it, and it's one thing to keep in mind is one of the people who was involved with this who was the head of alameda research who was an on again off again uh romantic partner for sbf is the stepdaughter of gary gensler at the sec yeah yeah everybody's in bed together so yeah i i hope he gets the book thrown at him but i doubt it he's too connected Um, yep that's why so who's (coughs) we'll see who just might be on the list to testify against him i want to apologize to all our listeners um i'm sorry this is just his case he just he can't get off of it he loves talking about sam bankman freed for some unknown reason so go get yourself a cup of tea let it run It'll be done in about, I don't know, 10-ish minutes. And then nah, we can talk about long. something interesting. You sure? Not that long. You, you got to give yourself time for the awkward pauses, because I don't have much commentary on this. I don't care. Anyway. Um, so There he goes. <laughs> list of people who might testify on the trial. His parents, his brother, Carolyn Ellison, Anthony Scaramucci, and a whole bunch of different investors. We've got Gary Wang, who was one of the co-founders, um, one of the engineering heads from FTX, the U.S. General Counsel from FTX, um, and the former Chief Regulatory Officer from FTX, along with Mooch, Alfred Lin from Sequoia Capital. That should sound familiar. A who? Sequoia. Wasn't Hunter involved with Sequoia? I don't know. Seems like I've heard that. Anyway, um, along with, you know, Rosemont Seneca and all that nonsense. Anyway, then the former CEO of BlockFi... (laughs) And it was the back and oh, forth God, with that guy life. that actually revealed that FTX was on shaky ground last year. Um, and a whole bunch of other people. This dude is not going to be entirely free for a very long time. Um, will he completely have the, the book thrown at him? I doubt it. I, I wish they'd just throw it at him. It'd be great, but I, I don't see it happening because, you know, two-tiered justice system. And, you know, the fact that he padded the pockets of some of the people who are supposed to be investigating him. You know, that whole money laundering thing. Um, moving on. See, less what? than ten minutes. <gasps> less Man, than ten it's... minutes. What? Google Assistant is getting wow. barred. Woohoo! Hey, pause for just a second. 
since you got to talk about some stupid crap you wanted to talk about, I'm going to talk about some stupid crap I want to talk about. If you're if you're thinking about the Google about Pixel Apple, 8 has come oh, out, that and we should talk about the Google Pixel 8. Oh God, here we go. See, see, the Google Shell. Pixel 8. Count y'all. I have no idea about its specs because I don't give a damn. I'm mostly <laughs> just doing this to irk my co-host here. Uh. Anyway. And honestly, I have no idea about the specs either because I don't care either. That's 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 a lie. He does care, just in a negative format because he's tired of everywhere he goes. He sees ads or videos or commentary about it. Yep. <laughs> so he does care, but in a negative format. I digress. Google Assistant is getting barred. It was okay, cool, I guess. Um, why do you say it? I'm assistant with Bard? Why don't we just change the name of the Google Assistant to being Bard? Because Google is dumb. Yeah, I know they're dumb. Just call it, the Google Assistant is now called Bard. And just call it a day, merge the two. There you go. I mean, they're eventually gonna kill one or the other anyway, because Google can't yeah. hold on to anything that they create. No. It, if it gets good, they they sunset it. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Like, honestly... Anybody remember Google Music? <laughs> I remember Google Music. Here we I go. was a customer. And, and they said, huh, wow. You know, Google Music is really nice. It's better than Apple Music. It's You can listen to it on, the, on, the, on a website. Uh, you can have the app that's, like, perfect... Uh, it's easy to navigate. Wow, it's really good. Oof, can't have that. It's too good. YouTube music. What? What? Why? 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 Too much market segmentation. No sense. Zero sense. You had a perfect music, music streaming app, okay? perfect music streaming service with high quality audio not the youtube shit quality you have now high quality i could go into the settings and i could tell it to use flack and 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 just stream all the shit and i didn't care that my 30 track playlist was now four gigs because it's in flack at the highest possible audio bit rate didn't care i could do that Guess what you can't do on YouTube music? Because it's all coming through YouTube. Uh-huh. Which means the, the best you're going to get in terms of bitrate is like, what, 128? Something like that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crap, okay? I have a really nice set of Sennheiser headphones that I like used to like to listen to music from Google Music on. Don't even bother with them at this point because it doesn't matter. The high quality audio setting on YouTube Music is about as good as the low quality audio on the old Google Music. They can't do it. If something is good at Google and it gets too good or too popular, kill it. Kill it now. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? 
because they can't. Why? It's like, it's like these people who are on welfare and they tell their boss, don't give me a promotion. I'll make too much and get off of welfare. What? Huh? What? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't understand. Same concept. Oh, we're making too much money from this product because it's quality. Can't be doing that now. Kill it now. Why? Why? Because we want to we want to take a loss for R&D. I, I, I'm well aware what it is. It just drives me bonkers. But yeah, don't get too... I'm just waiting for, for Chrome to be considered too big of a success. And they'll kill it and come out with something else. It already owns the market. I'm surprised it hasn't been killed already. I'm, I'm waiting for it. They're going to kill it at some point, And they're going to come out with something that is, in essence, a modernized Internet Explorer from Google. And they're going to be, that's the new standard. And we're going to regress back to IE9, basically, because Chrome got too popular. I'm just waiting for it. Which is ironic because now even <laughs> Edge is Chrome. Exactly. Everything is Chrome. It got too popular. I'm waiting for it. Google doesn't like success. If it gets successful, they kill it. Well, think unless... about OG Google. OG Google used to use crowdsourcing, and the link that was clicked the most would be at the top. It's not like that anymore. They had to kill that. Now it's the link that has the most AdWord dollars behind it. That's the top link. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just, oh my God. Google drives me bonkers. I mean, like, I kind of remember when Google Assistant first came out. And yeah, even I then, I was uneasy with it. User of it. I never really got into it. I was never uneasy with it. It took me a minute. Yeah, well, you didn't really get into a lot of things. So, yeah. Anyway, well, Google Assistant has always been the best assistant, always. Um, even as an Apple user who tells you not to be an Apple user, walking contradiction here. I'll tell you first, full out. If you have to use an assistant, the Google Assistant, it's the best assistant. It's it's not even a contest. It's the best assistant. Bixby is crap. Mm -hmm. Amazon Echo is like they try okay they really try but it's just no the google assistant is the best and siri is like for basic task it's fine but if you try to do something complex like hey uh oh wait i can't even say that because it'll, nope, it'll, it'll don't do it twitch at me on my watch but if you tell siri you know i want you to tell me what is two plus two divided by five times the length of the Golden Gate Bridge. You do that to Google, it'll tell you the correct answer. You do that to Siri, it'll go, I don't understand. What? You do that to Bixby, <laughs> I don't understand. Microsoft was at least smart enough to go, oh wow, Cortana sucks. Let's kill that off. But now, Copilot is Cortana. <laughs> yeah, don't get me, we're gonna get there. Very that's the story I've been itching for, and of course that, it'll that's be the, the next last story. one, right? <laughs> no, good, good. Yeah, no. 
So they're just making the Google Assistant better, is what they're doing. They're, mm-hmm. they're naming it. It'll finally have a name outside of Assistant. It'll be Bard. And, um, well, you know, be hey, Google. <laughs> Sorry if I just triggered your stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, if, if he triggered your stuff, that's on him. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I like, I, I always chuckle when creators like rename their their assistant <laughs> like uh yeah hey apple if you're listening i want you to make it so i can rename siri because i would like to name it wiretap mm-hmm. that'd be great hey wiretap yeah that would be wonderful so if you could add in that functionality i would love to be able to set my own hot word and name it like uh clint from lgr he, he renamed his to something completely nonsensical. Hilarious. Like what? I Like, I can't remember it off the top of my head. It, like, narful something. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just makes me laugh. Anyway, so moving on to Copilot, let's uh, beat up on Microsoft now, guys. Um, Finally. Okay. Don't, you don't even have to read the article. Basically, I told you about this last rant. Copilot is Big Brother. <clears throat> it is AI overlords watching everything do and trying to improve it, but usually making it worse. Okay? That's what this is. And this CNET person is being a good lemming and doesn't understand you may never have to learn windows ever again you're right you won't because it'll come to a point where you get on your your basically controlled laptop and you say hey copilot i would like to uh make cell document to uh show me my uh my my household budget i'm sorry dave i can't allow you to do that that's what we're coming to. You don't have to learn anything. The answer will just be, I'm sorry, I can't allow you to do that. So, what can you allow me to do? Oh. Hmm. Watch these TikTok videos. Thank you. Thank you, Copilot. Thank you. Like, their, their stated goal is to make every user a power user. Um, no. No. You need to put in the work to actually understand what you're doing if you're going to be a power user of something. I do not need an army of idiot power users. No, Microsoft. Bad. Okay? I mean, bad. They do enough damage being idiot users. I don't need you enabling them. I mean, you dealt with one. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And they got into plenty of trouble all on their own. Mm-hmm. I don't need an army of that. That's a that's a night that's nightmare fuel. For real. That is nightmare <laughs> fuel. Um like no. That's a bad idea, guys. Bad. Stop it. No. Don't do that. 
like on one hand, yes, computers should be easy to use. But the reality no. is that under just a second with modern GUIs, they are GUIs. He likes to say things wrong. I do apologize. It's an acronym, not a word. I've Go heard on. many people say it both ways. And many people are partially wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. While we're on the topic of people saying things wrong, to all you livings out there who continue to call the GNOME desktop GNOME, <laughs> stop it. Get some help. The G is silent. It is gnome. Because the 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 G in new is supposed to be silent. <laughs> it's not GNU. You mean G and new? Exactly. It's an acronym, G and U. Uh, so many people pronouncing things wrong. So little time to chastise them. Oof. Anyway, now, very simple. Okay. Now, now we very get to simple. now we get to bag, bag on AWS and Azure. Um, so Azure, not Azure, Azure. Here we go again. Anyway, speaking of people who cannot pronounce things, he's from Cali. They don't they don't know how to speak over there. I can make the so, same argument. Again, I do. Georgia boy. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you cannot. I can. <laughs> no, you can't. Yes, not. I can. No. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, when when the U.S. was founded, was was Cali one of those colonies? Ah, that's right. You weren't. This is my language. You guys learn it wrong. So, shush. Continuing on. <laughs> That goes for you too, Brits over there. How you guys make a language in the UK? You make a language, you force it on everybody, and then you speak the worst version of it. How does that happen? And I would argue versions. How? Yeah, versions, exactly. Like, how, how do you, how do you how? live on an island that small and have so many stinking accents? Like, it makes sense whoa, whoa, whoa. Hearing, Don't hate on the accents. here in the U.S. I'm not hating on the accents. I'm hating on the fact that they can't speak their own language. Okay? They just can't. They can't. They can't. They force it on the... Mm-hmm. Various places. You know, Gaelic? Gaelic sounds beautiful. Have you ever heard Gaelic? Oh, yes. gorgeous. I only know one phrase in Gaelic, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. It translates to, the girl is drinking water, and it's, Sounds amazing. Okay? But, no, you can't speak that. You're speaking English now. Then, they have the most gorgeous accent, and they speak it better than the Brits. I don't understand how you make a language and speak the worst version of it. It makes zero sense. <laughs> zero. Anyway, oh. so we we talked about the fact that Ofcom was looking into AWS and Azure. Azure. Uh, anyway, and they're they're concerned that 
these two companies represent 60 to 70% of total cloud spend in the UK. Uh, and if you sounds about right. And if you tag on Google to that to that number, you're looking at something like 80. Probably more. Well, that's that was this is the numbers from this article. So I don't know. And just for the UK, because that's all that's all Ofcom and the CMA are concerned about. Um. So they're trying to figure out what, if any, action should be taken in terms of fixing fixing the competition issues. Because I, I told everybody how to fix this last time. It's called disenfranchisement. Okay? That's the solution to basically all of the modern problems. Disenfranchisement. The likelihood of that happening is slim, unfortunately. Yeah, I got it. I, like, I, I wish. Everyone likes band-aid fixes, but I'm telling you the solution, the actual solution. Very simple. These companies are too big. Break them up. That's the just solution. Like, just like the U.S. did with Ma Bell back in the back in the '90s. You know, and they should have done with Microsoft back in the '80s, but they didn't. Nope. For reasons, monetary or, reasons. Um. So yeah, Microsoft and Amazon on the hot seat. This. Uh, CMA process should be finished sometime early 2025 um, and you know they're concerned about how these cloud providers lock you in and then make it very 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 difficult to get your apps data whatever out of their system and move to somebody else because that limits potential innovation and definitely limits competition which is not good for consumers like I'm I'm torn and I think Connor is too um, about whether government should be big enough to push around these this sort of these sorts of companies I mean who else is gonna what they're concerned about it's being locked in uh, that's one of the things um, so their their quote is many businesses now completely rely on cloud services making effective competition in this market essential um Strong competition ensures a level playing field so that market power doesn't end up in the hands of a few players, unlocking the full potential of these rapidly evolving digital markets so that people, businesses, and the UK economy can get maximum benefits. Um, so, yeah, they're concerned about lock-in. They're concerned about how, once you're locked in, if you, you know, and we've talked about the godfather syndrome, um, if you stop paying... All of a sudden, your data isn't your data anymore. Yep. Um, and they can price fix all they want because you can't leave. And then 
you know, you've got the triple E move that Microsoft likes to pull. Um, which, you know, they've pulled, they started it back in the 80s with DRDOS, di good old digital research, which was actually a far better version of DOS than MS-DOS. But Gary Kildall was not a good businessman and wound up getting it snatched out from under him, in essence. Because, like, Microsoft was going to pay him handsomely for it. They even showed up at his house, but he was out flying. So, Microsoft being Microsoft, Bill Gates being Bill Gates, went, you know what, we're just going to snag your code. Have fun with that. And so they did. And we got stuck with the relatively crappy MS-DOS. And then it morphed into Windows. Yep. And here we are. And most of the world is still stuck on Windows. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to be honest with you. AWS really has a monopoly on stuff. I mean, really. AWS is like the largest cloud provider in the world. They just, they got the market. Um, Microsoft is uh, number two. That makes sense. Google Cloud Platform is number three. That makes sense. But Amazon is just so number one that maybe don't mess with Microsoft in this instance, but Amazon in particular. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just so prevalent. I mean, you can't throw a stick and not hit one of their customers. It's crazy. Especially if you run in, in startup circles. Yeah. Like, that's their market. The startups. Microsoft is like, yeah, we'll take all the all the established players, thanks. Really though, AWS has the startups, the big guys, the middle guys, everybody. And Microsoft kind of just has companies that are already fully in the Microsoft silo, and they'd rather just stick with the Microsoft silo. Um, and truth be told, Pricing-wise, AWS is like one of the cheapest, not the cheapest, but one of the cheapest. If you're going to just play the big guys, then they're one of the cheapest. Um, but it is so complex to use their stuff, they give out certificates, literally. Um, it's a whole course on how to effectively use their products. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, no, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. This makes sense. I personally think AWS is too big. It should be broken into uh, regional pieces that operate independently. I mean, I would argue that with the MS Cloud as well, but you know, I think the MS uh, Cloud should be broken off of Microsoft and be its own independent business. 
well, AWS should be separate from the rest of Amazon too, but that's, you know, disenfranchisement. Right. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, which we would love to see happen, but doubt. Big X to doubt. Um, and yeah, of course, Google's going to complain about the Microsoft cloud because unfair licensing terms serve to lock in clients, keeping them attached to only Microsoft's tech. Duh. That's what you do in a monopoly. You make sure people can't yeah. go anywhere else. Like, this is what all these other companies are trying to get to. This is company god tier status, okay? Um, which is unethical, but that's how you make the trillions. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a giant mess, and we've kind of created it for ourselves because we went, oh, this is relatively cheap, this is easy, let's do this. We did it to ourselves. Good job, us. And moving on. Now Connor gets to rip on Apple. Yes. It's okay, time. So pause. This, 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 uh, this, this headline is not accurate. It's just the 15 Pro Max. Okay, just the 15 Pro Max that's really having the whole overheating issue. And truth be told. The overheating issue is I don't I don't know that it's really that big of a deal, okay? The biggest issue is is that the phone is hot. Which I mean it's made of titanium instead of the original ceramic and glass that was better at dispersing heat quietly, whereas this is titanium, it's metal, it's a very good heat conductor. Are, are they really that shook about this? I mean no and actually in this article they're they're quoting Apple blaming app developers. Oh fun. Yeah. They're like, "No, their their apps are poorly optimized." Mm. That's <laughs> and, what it is. It's not the fact y'all... that you turn the entire shell of the phone into a heat pipe, right? That's not the issue. No. No, Mm-mm. that couldn't be. Nah. It. No, it's and, it's you know, it's don't don't up, believe your lying fingers that are getting seared Mm-mm. by this slab of metal that you're holding. Correct. And no, your and your lying nostrils that are smelling the acrid scent of charred flesh. Nah. As long but you Oof. know as, as long as there isn't a warning message on the screen, it's fine. Really? That's fine. This is fine. It's it's unrelated to the titanium and aluminum frame. Totally. Totally. It's a flipping heat pipe. You made the whole frame of the phone a heat pipe. You know, that was the first thing I said when I saw them come out. And I said, oh, titanium. That's interesting. I, I hope they figured out how to manage the heat. Because if it's anything like my MacBook Air, that's an aluminum shell where they use the bottom of the aluminum shell as a heat pipe. I really hope they did it better because this thing will scorch you 
if you leave it on there too long, mm -hmm. then I find out it's got an overheating problem. Surprise! You mean to tell I'm me shocked. that metal, the, one of the greatest conductors of temperature, is conducting the temperature or the heat onto the back of it like it's known for doing and burning people? Shocker. Shocker. And if I, remember, if I understand correctly, because I can tell you, I think that 17.03's goal is thermal throttling on steroids. If I understood correctly, that's <laughs> that's their solution. So thank you very for this $1,500 paperweight that um, is now going to thermal throttle to the nines um, every time I try to, you know, push the the thing. I'll stick with my iPhone 13. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I just <laughs> get a 14. The 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 whole push for the. It, Lightweight. It's made of titanium. Stop. Get some help. It's not that much stop. lighter. Really, just stop. And oh, by the way, um, I I caught a video of um, Jerry Rig Everything doing one of his tests on the fifteen. This thing is so brittle. Yeah. He like he barely had to barely had to tweak it and the back glass just popped. Yeah, well, that was the so they're claiming that that is because they're trying to make it more easy to repair. Right. I think I think I found the Trojan horse. What's inside the Trojan horse of Apple recently getting behind the right to repair? I think they want to be able to lower the build quality. That's what I think the goal is. Well, we're trying to support right to repair. So that means we can give you even shittier quality products. Mm -hmm. So that way you can repair them easily. And they're instead of using you know, the, you know the normal glue we use to make sure that everything stays together. Now, now we're gonna we're gonna use paper mache because it's it's environmentally friendly and it's easier for the black back glass to pop off so that way you can repair it oh it wait a minute let me let me rephrase that it's not that it popped off it's that it no it shattered popped. it shattered completely yeah I, I know i saw the same video i'm like, giving a hypothetical of what they'll do in the uh, future like all this all this nonsense over them support yeah. supposedly supporting right to repair. I think Connor's pretty pretty spot on with that because since when has Apple they ever been concerned about the longevity of their devices? Yeah, no, they're not. They want to lower the build quality. That's what it comes down to. And I'll tell you, I think the reason they want to lower the build quality, one, lowers their production cost, which means when you pay the $1,500, instead of it costing, or what it would originally, like $300, now, now that $1,500 phone you're going to pay, actually, because they lowered the build quality, is only costing $150. So they're making 10 times profit on it. That makes them very happy. But mm -hmm. also, if they lower the build quality, then you won't have people like my wife. She's from Europe. And I found Europeans in particular are very good at having these phones for five plus years. I mm -hmm. had to pry 
my wife's iPhone 7 out of her hands to get her to upgrade. She's like, it still works. And it's like five and a half years old. Might be older than that. The 7? Yeah, that's six or six or seven years old now. Exactly. Exactly. And she still, she wouldn't let me, let me, let me uh, donate it. Uh-uh. She keeps it. Because she's like, well, what if I need it? It still works. It's, but that's, that's, that's apparently a European mindset when it comes to phones. So not everyone, obviously, but they're much better at holding on to phones over in Europe. So they're I have a feeling they want to lower the bill quality to keep, yeah, to keep the cost down, but also to make it more likely that your phone is going to break before five years or whenever your normal threshold of getting a new phone is. So if your phone breaks sooner, costs less for them to make, it's a win-win for them. But either Absolutely. way, you're going to be buying another phone sooner. And like, and when you do, so it'll cost them less to manufacture. It was, it, should have seen this, should have seen this. I mean, in, in, in the blog, I argued that they're basically status symbols at this point, especially those those super fan fanboys fangirls who go and get every single new iteration upgrade every year always in the new color and the thing is is i know why apple does one new color every year they do it because they have those people like you just said who i have to get it well what what color is the new one well the only difference between the 13 and the 14 is on the 14 haha uh-huh, it came in this color Wow. And so they'll go and they'll get it in that color. And then they'll get a clear case if they use a case at all. So that way everybody knows they got the new one. Well, and often the camera bump is a different shape. No. 13 and 14, not the pro model. Mm. The only difference Besides, besides for what's on the inside, in this case, it's a uh, processor. Is it comes in a different color? Mm-hmm. Now, if you get the Pro model, the Pro model 14 has the uh, dynamic island. That was their thing, dynamic island. Mm-hmm. Yes, Fancy. but if you put it in a case, you can't tell the difference between a 14 and a 15 Pro. Did you want to rant on other update stuff? Yeah, I have a lot of other update stuff to rant on. Speaking of this update stuff, okay, so I just recently got an Apple Watch. I know, I'm bad. I tell you guys all the time, don't use Apple products, and then I continue to buy Apple products. Um, But the difference between me and you is I know what I'm getting into, and I'm choosing to do it willfully like an idiot, and uh, I'm trying to spare you from that same bad decision. Okay, so that's the difference. (laughs) Anyways, do as I say, not as I do. Um, I digress. So I just got an Apple Watch, okay? And it's a good thing that I just got an Apple Watch. So I get this Apple Watch. I have the cheap one, the SE. I don't need it. I don't really use the watch for all the stuff it can do. I don't really care about it, right? I just wanted my notifications and my schedule on my wrist because it's very helpful. I've got ADD. And, the, and if and it's the not pedometer. directly in front of me. Yeah, and the pedometer. I do use it for, for step, for fitness, a lot of fitness stuff. Anyways, I want very minimal features from this truth be told did i have was working great until google took over 
and now it's not all that great. Anyways, I digress. I got one. Got it out the box. It was running watchOS 9.5.3, okay? Had me walk through all the ways to use this thing. Now, it's very good that I just got this, and you will understand why in a moment, okay? If I learn how to use this Apple Watch with 9.5.3, all the gestures. It only has two buttons and a touchscreen, okay? On 9.5.3, if you wanted to, you could act, you could navigate and use the entire phone without ever touching the touchscreen, which is good because I don't like watch. fingerprints all over this glossy screen. Uh, it's a touchscreen on the watch. Uh -huh. So I don't like all of these fingerprints all on the screen. So you could navigate the entire thing, two buttons that it has, okay? Watch OS 10 comes out. It downloads it. It updates. Okay? On 9.5.3, if you wanted to see your app drawer, right? You would you would click click the uh, the little action button, not the crown, the action button. Okay? If you wanted to see your recently opened apps, you would double click the action button. Okay? If you wanted to get to your uh, little command center thingy, you could click the crown on the home screen. If you needed to go back to the home screen, you could click the crown. If you wanted to scroll up and down and then click a button inside of an app, you could use the crown for all of that, okay? What I'm getting at is everything was done, basically apps and, and things to see windows of apps was done with the action button and Selecting and moving was done with the crown. That's generally what it boils down to, okay? If you were on the home screen and you wanted to see your notifications, but you didn't want to touch the screen, you could take the crown and just scroll down and it would swipe it down, okay? 10 comes out. In this update, Apple, which has not changed the navigation of this app, this Apple Watch, since it came out, <clears throat> decided, all of the buttons are wrong. We're going to reverse them. So now everything is backwards, crisscross. So had I taken, hadn't gotten a watch earlier, my, my father, for example, okay, he got the first Apple Watch to ever come out. And he has had an Apple Watch since they had Apple Watches. He gets a new one every so often. He loves his Apple Watch. He uses it for all the Apple Watch things. I mean, he's over here doing anything you can do on an Apple Watch, man does it on his Apple Watch, okay? He does balls, swim, you name it. He does it all with his Apple Watch, okay? I'm waiting for him to update because I know when it happens, he's gonna call me and say that he doesn't know what happened, but now everything's wrong. Apple did the most Microsoft thing I've ever seen them do with this update, which is, huh, we have a user base with muscle memory to a very personal device on how to navigate that very personal device. We should change the way they navigate that very personal device. So that way their muscle memory is entirely wrong. Jeez. Flip it on their head. What? What? What person from Microsoft did y'all hire? This reminds me of Office, okay? Office. Y'all know Office? I'm sure you know Office. You get Word, Word 2003. 
okay? Everybody likes to use Word. It's wonderful. Everyone knows how the hell it mm-hmm. okay? Microsoft goes, oof, it's just too, too simple and efficient. And everybody knows how to use it. 2007, we're going to release 2007 and introduce the ribbon. The ribbon. Mm-hmm. Everybody flips out about the ribbon because now it's not the way it should be. Everybody mm-hmm. finally gets used to the shit ribbon. And Microsoft goes, they've ah, gotten too comfortable with the ribbon. Word 2013. The hell? Now you've messed with our ribbon. Everybody flips out. Everybody gets back used to being with the stupid new ribbon. Microsoft goes, Oof. it's just, it's just, it works too good. Word 2016. Everybody flips out about the damn ribbon again. This is the same mantra of, huh, we've had 9.5 as, as the software update, which means we've had quite a few. I'm sure you've had more than nine updates, Apple, to your watch ecosystem. Whew. I've been on this, what, nine years now of just using the watch effectively with this as the navigational steps. <sighs> Flip it on its head. What? What? Mm -hmm. Also, also, now there are certain things that you used to be able to do without touching the screen that you have to touch the screen. You want to see your notifications? You're going to swipe down. You're going to touch that screen. (laughs) You want the watch screen to turn off? Which You're going to take your hand and snuff it out like it's a candle and get fingerprints across the whole screen. You know what's hilarious about the swipe down? Hmm. They stole that from Android. Yeah, they stole that from Android on i 7. Well, uh, actually, I think it might have even been 6. I think they had it with 6. I remember that the way they used to handle notifications, because I was an, I was an Android user for like well, Android, what was it? What are we on now? That's 14, I think we're on 15 I now. I remember, oh, 14, okay. Well, I was on Android until like Android 12, maybe 13. I was on Android for like 13 years, okay? I had a T-Mobile sidekick that you'd switch out. I also had a Motorola backflip from Singular Wireless, which if you know what Singular Wireless is, hello, fellow old timer. I mean, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyways, I digress. I had Android 2.1 Eclair. Yep. Okay. Early days. Been on Android for a long time. Long time. Okay. And one of the things about Android is the notification shape. And it took Apple until like iOS, I want to say it was 6.5. When they finally were like, okay, give them a notification shape. We'll cave. It's the better way to manage notifications. Because before that, you would just get little bubbles on the apps that had notifications. And if you wanted to see what the notification was, well, tough tits. You'd have to open the uh, the notification. You'd have to like go to the app, the app and mm-hmm. look at the app. And the apps had to have their own notification center if you wanted to, to get notifications. Because that was it. <laughs> So, yeah, they stole that a while back. 
Um, and truth be told, the Apple notification shade is like the most Apple way to do a notification shade. And truth be told, it's still shit. Like notification handling is still king on Android side. I I'll be honest with you. Um, I can have a, 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 an ongoing notification on an Android tablet or an Android phone that just sits there. It lives there, very happy, and it's interactive. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I can see that it's there in my notification bar, or I can hide it and minimize it, and then it still lives there, very happy for me to use when I need it, but it's hidden, so it's not cluttering up that notification bar. On Apple, there is no way to do that. None. If you want it to live happily in the notification shade, one, you're either going to get a little something in your bar, or B, it's just not possible. It's not. <sighs> Same with quick settings, though. Quick settings on Android is just worlds better than the control center on iPhone that came out and I want to say it was iOS 6.5 or iOS 7 they added the control center which is like even OG quick settings on Android are better than the Apple control center so I don't even know what to compare it to it's just it's its own breed of mediocrity It just is. It's its own Apple pretty breed of mediocrity. I mean, it's just... It is what it is, okay? But, you know, truth be told, I'm going to be honest with you, most people who use Apple products don't use Apple products for the notification shade of the control center. They use it for other reasons. They don't use it for that. So Apple gets away with it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how that works. Um, because, let's face it, iOS was not designed for tech people it was designed for no. average bears yes anyway they're getting much much better though okay much much better feature parity is coming a long way anyway moving on um so yeah this is Related to both Apple no, they and weren't. Google. Yeah, and let's talk about it for just a second. No, they weren't. No, Dr. they weren't. Go CEO is just stupid. You coined it perfectly earlier. He was a damn bargaining trip. Yep. Uh, this, he this looks dude. like a tool. Yeah, he does. Well, hell, he, his company is a sham, so that doesn't surprise me. If you don't understand what I mean by sham, okay? So DuckDuckGo is powered by, if I remember correctly, Bing. Bing? Bing. Yeah. So they're powered by Bing. Bing. They're not their own search engine anymore. That got that got too expensive. So they were like, huh. Let's let's outsource this. So that now they just get the search results from Bing. Um, and then they claim they don't track you, but they kind of track you in a weird sort of way, right? It's They'll super load a cookie yeah. onto your browser. They'll load a cookie onto your browser that contains all of your settings and whatnot, okay? And then that cookie is used to help them prioritize search results for what you're searching. So it's a roundabout way of tracking you. 
it's not a we know who you are it's more a we know who that cookie is and that cookie likes to search for this content so when they search for that content we should bring you know content c here to the top of the stuff it's a roundabout way of tracking you mm -hmm. that's how they do it <laughs> and apple actually picked up on that back in like 2017 or 18 like there were 20 meetings between DuckDuckGo and Apple about this potential uh, Safari private search switch over the course of like four years. Um, so Weinberg, hmm, no wonder he looks like a tool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, not going there. Um, <laughs> thought that it was going rather well actually um but then when you talk to one of the apple guys uh gian andrea gian andrea who's the senior vp of machine learning and ai testified that he was not even aware of apple even considering the default the default search switch He's like, um, so internally, we were talking about the drawbacks of this. They were concerned that DuckDuckGo's marketing about privacy is somewhat incongruent with the details, since he thought the, com the company would have to share some user info with Microsoft through the whole Bing thing. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, so the fact that it uses Bing and the fact that it's been shown to, well, generously say filter search results. Yeah. Uh, is why I no longer use it myself and no longer Correct. suggest anybody use it. Because if I'm going to search for something, I want raw results. Okay. If that means that I've got to wade through crap, fine. But I don't want the entire first page being ads. Hey, Google. Oops. Sorry, yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but seriously, it's... I don't want the, first, the entire first page of my search being ads, nor do I want it being filtered through some leftist claptrap nonsense. Well, you don't need that information. We'd rather you had this information. Mm hmm. Um, no, I want that information, not misinformation. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Apple kind of strung them along. Generally speaking, it's kind of funny. Well, yeah, I think Apple, like I said, comes back to they were a bargaining chip, so they had mm -hmm. to make it look really good. Like, apparently right after the holidays in 2018, DuckDuckGo received doc documentation from Apple showing what its revenue share would be if it became the default. So they're like, hey, you guys, look at what you could do. Look at what could happen yeah. to you. All the while, they were going... Um, so Google, um, DuckDuckGo's trying to horn in on you. You need to sweeten yeah. the deal for us. 
And DuckDuckGo also pitched to Samsung, Mozilla, and Opera to be the default search for their private browsing modes. Needless to say, that didn't happen either because all of them had standing agreements with Google. Google. Which is the entire point of this article because this is a part of the Google antitrust situation happening right now. Generally speaking, it all boils down to this. Uh, Google is the default search on basically everything, not because it is the best search engine, but because it has the best business department running the thing. Um, they know their niche. They know how to strong arm. They know they got the, uh, the the number of search stuff. So they use that. They go, well, we're Google. We're big. We're big deal. They're going to make us the uh, the default option because they know the vast majority of you, the lemmings out there refuse to change the default option. They don't want to wait through the settings. They just want to browse the internet. Mm-hmm. So that's why default search option matters. Yep. Speaking of default search options and and Apple, hey Apple. So we're on we're on iOS 17 now. Okay. 17 and actually I'm a beta tester so I'm on iOS 17.1 at this point and mm. still to this day my options for search engines are Google Bing Yahoo DuckDuckGo or Ecosia why haven't you given an option to add my own search engine because I can assure you I don't want any of those no why is it Google and Apple that I have to go to the App Store and get a b- web browser redirect app and have it watch for Google URLs to redirect that to the search engine that I actually want? I should not have to go around my ass to pick my nose. And that's the <laughs> setup you've given me, Apple. So for a company whose whole market share is about convenience. You've made it as inconvenient as possible for me to search with the preferred search engine. Hmm. Okay? And the reason this is important to all of you who just go, well, you can just download a third-party browser. There's this thing on, on iOS called Spotlight Search, which I absolutely love and use all the time. Whatever your default search is, that's what it's going to use. Even if you set the default browser to something like the Brave browser, and in Brave you've set a different search engine, if you do a spotlight search and you press on it to open it in browser, it's going to use your default search from Safari and just pipe it to the browser. So it is very important. So Apple, if you're listening, fix it. unlikely but yes that'd be great there see there's too much of that wonderful green stuff flowing from google Mm -hmm. to apple for apple to care what their users actually want because from their perspective everybody just uses google so why do we need to change Yeah, no, that's that's not how that's supposed to go. Nope. 
not in the least. And, you know, you know, it is what it is, at you guys. At this point, and yeah, at this point, I just use web redirect and have it search whatever search engine I'm using that week. I change my search engines like I change, uh, well, I can't say underwear because to change underwear more. <laughs> but I change them weekly. That's what it comes down to. Um, I used to use Brave pretty consistently, but now they're doing this weird pay thing. Then I used Quant, Quant, however it's pronounced. Again, if anybody from France, ew, I haven't picked on France in a long time. I've been nice to y'all. Please be <laughs> nice back. Tell me via Ebonics. Don't use those damn IPA hieroglyphs. Tell me via Ebonics or Phonics how to pronounce this this search engine. Is it Quant? Is it Quant? What is it? French. Tell me. Anyway, um, that. So I, then I used Quant, Quant, whatever it's called. Then I used uh, for a short blip. I used uh, Lycosia. Remember them? Lycosa, L-Y-C-O-I-A. They were like the first search engine ever. Hmm. I thought that was Anyways, I used them for a bit. Um, then I used U.com, which has gone down the tubes. I don't know if anybody here uses U.com. It's Y-O-U. Not the letter U, but Y-O-U.com. Um, they were... They're just so enamored by AI that essentially it's an AI chatbot at this point that provides search results. So that was that one was a very short-lived <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> uh, then I used um, Mojik. They're pretty good. And Face then uh, yesterday I discovered that uh, Yahoo. Yeah. Then yesterday I discovered that Yahoo, which apparently is still around as a search engine, um, they use Bing, but not the AI powered Bing. They use OG Bing, which if anybody remembers the memes about Bing from back in the day, OG Bing was actually pretty decent. Right. You ask the question like, you know, a bad question, okay? You ask a bad question like, hey, uh, Google, uh, how, how, how do I unalive myself? And Google would be like, get some help. Here's the number to the suicide prevention hotline. And OG Bing would be like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to need a razor blade. And it would explain. Okay? That's the difference. And OG Bing was pretty good because, you know, it would give you exactly the info you were looking at unfiltered, which they didn't like. That's why they changed that. But it seems like Yahoo is powered by OG Bing, at least. Which, I mean, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. See how it goes. Um, for this week, at least. If it's good, I'll keep it for another week. But being as it's a big tech org, it's doubtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, privacy, probably not so great there. That was my little rant about search engines. Anyway, so what? yeah, I think I think that's where we're going to land it for today, for this week. Um, thanks for watching. We're thanks for listening, guys. Uh, be sure to drop a like, subscribe, all that good, all that good stuff. Um, never forget, let's go, Brandon. Music is Warzone by Anadomini Beats. Head... 
Connor alongside. It was great. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much that. <laughs>